are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans is a Friday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast and a victory Friday edition, which we don't get to say that too much. Uh, normally sticking with just football, but now the basketball season is in full swing. I get a little, little bit more of those victory editions of the podcast. So we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and distribute some game balls there. We're also going to be talking about a potential familiar face heading to Eugene as the new head coach of the Oregon Ducks. And we're also going to talk about the Sun Devils' ability to survive without Marcus Bagley. We haven't seen him as he's only played three games this year. They've got their first winning streak going, but can that continue? But thank you so much for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is also brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and much more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find my co-host Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Twitter page for the Lockdown Sun Devils. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also have content that comes out Monday through Friday, so make sure to subscribe to us and never miss an episode. Get a notification for when a new episode does drop. But you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. I'll be running a little bit solo today. Richie is still feeling a little under the weather, so he'll be back starting next week because he's been a little in and out. So definitely keep him in your thoughts uh, as we continue to do this podcast. But you get to listen to me today, so whether that's a good or bad thing, we're here for it, right? So let's let's start this off with GCU's game, or sorry, I should say ASU's game against GCU. Sorry, that's the, the former uh, alumnus in me coming out. But definitely some good things to come away with, some bad things, and then some game balls to distribute here. Uh, so first of all, Rich and I had a gentleman's bet if ASU won the game versus GCU winning the game. Uh, the other person had to buy the other person dinner. So in this case, I now have to buy Richie in and out, so it's going to be well-deserved. Uh, a, a little bit of an up-and-down game, which... Basketball can tend to be so, right? You have so many possessions that just uh, the, the ability to score and score frequently can happen. So teams going on runs, uh, it, it just happens all the time, right? Uh, but I predict that ASU is going to go off on a slow start, kind of like they've done in a lot of their games this season. Uh, and was going to put them again in a hole against a quality GCU basketball team, but not a team they should be fearing uh, by any stretch. So ASU did start off well. They went on an 8-2 and two run and eventually... Uh, that got up to 16-5 early in the first half. ASU had a total of 13 block shots in this game. 13, which I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, that might be a school record. They had five uh, on GCU's first 16 shot attempts, where I think they only made two of those shots. Uh, so playing very, very well. Uh, they were able to, to come back a little bit, uh, thanks to Holland Woods, who hit a couple threes. Uh, but ultimately, ASU was able to be up in the first half 33-24. to uh, in the first half, shooting was a little bit ugly uh, on both sides. Uh, ASU only shot 30% from three-point range in the first half. But here's where that makes a difference. As, as Compared to the first half of the Oregon game where they were so hot and they shot like 50%, they made up for it by making a ton of their free-throw attempts where they went 14 of 15 in the first half alone. So games where they're hitting those, those threes, that's all well and good. It's very exciting. Uh, a lot of times it really gets the crowd going. Uh, but at the end of the day, like if you're not making those shots and you're essentially wasting those those possessions with the ball, uh, being able to hit those free throws is huge. 
So good for the Sun Devils on a night where they didn't have their best shooting ability. They were still able to get uh, th those free throw attempts. Uh, so that was great. We're, we're going to talk about uh, some of the people who deserve some game balls here. But overall, I, I talked a little bit about the block shots. They had 13, and they had three players alone on the Sun Devils team that each had three. Uh, Jalen Graham, Kamani Lawrence, and Alonzo Gaffney all had three blocks. Um, so when you're playing that kind of defense, uh, which to me, that's that's high effort, right? Blocks don't just happen by accident. Uh, so this team is really, really playing hard, knowing that they haven't got off on the right foot. Uh, but it feels like they're already kind of playing for their lives early on in this season. So good for them. I, I'm really seeing the effort, not so much in just the last two games because they've won, uh, but the last several games as well. It really does feel like they're trying to play pretty hard for Bobby Hurley right now. Uh, so that's great. Kamani Lawrence, again, we'll talk a little bit more about him, but I just want to highlight uh, he had 14 rebounds. The next highest in this team was Gaffney with eight. Um, so Kamani Lawrence was all over those boards. Uh, he almost had a double-double individually in each of the uh, each of the halves. Uh, I know in the second one, he was really close with, like I think, at least 10 points and seven rebounds. So uh, good for Kamani Lawrence. Uh, again, a lot that went well in this game. They were up 11 uh, in the, the second half. So they... They did let GCU back in the game, which was a little bit unfortunate to see. Uh, not not a, a whole lot I feel like you can do at that point. So let's kind of move on to the bad portion of this game, at least. Being up 11, uh, essentially GCU hit, I think it was three threes at least, or maybe it was at least two threes and some other points scored, where GCU was able to cut an 11-point deficit down to one towards the end of the game. It, it's just not something you want to see, right? This team had worked very, very hard uh, throughout the course of this game. They've built multiple leads. And games ebb and flow. I get it. Like, very rarely in any sporting event do you truly just see, like, dominance from one side the entire time. Like, it, it does It does happen. I shouldn't say it's, like, that rare. But in basketball, where, again, each team touches the ball so many times, uh, unless you're just hyper-efficient in making some of these shots and um, putting the other team behind by so much early and often, uh, the other team's probably going to get a chance to go on a run by themselves as well. And GCU did just that. So, again, got to talk about some of the bad as far as their their three-point shooting ability, not not the greatest. They didn't get a ton of great contributions all over. Uh, DJ Horn went two for seven, uh, so not very efficient there. No one else made even a hundred attempts, or sorry, a hundred percent of the three-throw attempts. Uh, but not many players took more uh, than just a handful. Marion Jackson continues to struggle from uh, essentially from deep. Uh, did make a lot of points, or sorry. He put up a lot more points this game, but that was mainly due to his free throw attempts, which at the end of the day, points are points. So you got to take them where you can get them, but still continuing to struggle there. Um, I, I feel like a big piece of this offense is if Marion Jackson can get going. Uh, it's not so much that he needs the ball in his hands all the time. I, I really do think he can create for himself a, a little bit as well as uh, play off, ball, off, off the ball, I should say. But if he just becomes more efficient, not taking more shots, if he's just making more of what he's already shooting, this ASU team can become a bit more dangerous, especially once they get Marcus Bagley back. Uh, so Marion Jackson struggling in this game and ASU finds a way to win, it almost feels good to find a way to win ugly, right? You want to see a game where ASU just totally dominates the opponent, and that's all well and good. But this team is not perfect, right? No one's going to think that. I'm sure the team doesn't necessarily think that. Not even Bobby Hurley does. But for them to be able to still find a way to win and go on their first winning streak of the season has to be able to build some confidence in this team moving forward. They take on Creighton here uh, in the next couple days, and then after that, they've got two more games of non-conference opponents. So they've got to be feeling some sort of pressure knowing that they have to essentially win 
uh, these next couple games and really get a groove going before they start to take on some tougher opponents. Now let's talk about some of the game balls. I did already highlight some of the better players in this game, but it's got to be Kamani Lawrence gets that first game ball. Not his first one this season. Um, he's continued to shine, even though he's had a couple games where he struggled this year. Uh, Kamani Lawrence, being the veteran of this team, uh, and now his fifth season at ASU, uh, has just been a very stabilizing presence. Uh, so putting up 14 points, grabbing 14 rebounds, uh, and also three blocks, absolutely just dominant tonight. So, uh, Or I should say last night. So good for him. Uh, then you also had, I, I still will highlight Marion Jackson, right? 13 points while he wasn't efficient with his shots, making eight of eight on his free throws. That's how you win basketball games. E even if he's not making uh, some of his easier shots or his three-point attempts, that's going to come. I, I really do think that's going to come for him. Uh, but if he makes, let's call it four or five of those free throw attempts, GCU's now a lot closer to winning this game to where they're a bucket away from tying it or taking the lead. So those free throws are huge. Uh, and then also got to call out uh, DJ Horn. Kind of a similar boat with uh, with Marion Jackson. Not incredibly efficient, mostly from the three-point range. He was only two of seven, but five of 12 overall. Uh, had four rebounds, still 14 points, which is tied for the uh, the team high. Uh, did have a steal, but no blocks. So DJ Horn also consistently being a presence on the court for ASU. Uh, so it, it feels like their team, this team is starting to gel a little bit, which is very nice. Uh, finding some specific core players in Kamani Lawrence, DJ Horn. Uh, if they can have some others in Jay Heath, Jalen Graham's played okay at some times this year. Uh, but if they can start to find some other great rotational players or other other players in their starting rotation start to play a little bit better, I, I do have higher hopes for this ASU team moving forward. So with that, now let's talk about what does ASU have to do to survive without uh, Marcus Bagley over these next couple games? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the timetable for him to return uh, coming up a little bit later in this podcast. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and shoot and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration. With college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. Plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search for Super Bowl on location. That's locationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one financial cloud system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those who upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing 
on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Now we're going to be talking about the Sun Devils basketball team. They're playing better as of late, but can they survive without Marcus Bagley? There's not much of a timetable for his return at the moment. He did say he expected to get some information prior to the game, but nothing has been released to the media so far, but he called it not a long-term injury. So he's going to miss his sixth straight game against Grand Canyon, or he did, I should say. Uh, but now it's just kind of this waiting game, right? They, they have three more opponents upcoming, which is going to be Creighton, San Francisco, and Florida A&M. And then after that, they get to play three straight ranked opponents that are all conference opponents. They get to play uh, at USC, at UCLA, and then they play at home against Arizona, who is not going to be ranked number 11 after this week. They're definitely going to be ranked a little bit higher than that. So yes, do I think they can get by their next three games without him? I, I do. The way this team has played very just up and down. I don't think it's realistic to expect them to win the next three games either. Could it happen? Sure. They're they're on a good win streak right now of a solid two games, but that's the most they've won all season long. So you got to take your victories wherever you can get them. But their next couple games, uh, again, they can get by without Marcus Bagley. But the, the fact that we still don't have a, here's where we think he can come back to this specific game, which I, I get. With injuries, that's not always the case. You don't you're not always privy to that information, um, especially if it's a longer injury. But it, Bobby Hurley calls this not a long-term injury. I, I would hope we'd have a little bit more of an update by now. If they have to go against these next three ranked opponents after, or I should say at the start of really their conference play, starting at game two, it, it's going to be a tough going for the Sun Devils. Could they? It, it's not even a guarantee when Bagley comes back that they can win uh, with him in the lineup, but it definitely gives them a better chance. It 100% does. Now, there's an argument to be made. Is Bagley going to be rusty heading into these games? And that's, again, that's a fair argument. He might have to have some time back in the court. Who knows what his minutes are going to look like with back-to-back seasons with a, a decently, what I would say, a significant injury. Uh, so Bobby Hurley and company might try to limit his minutes a little bit, get him back out on that court, try to get him back in the swing of things. But if he doesn't come back essentially to his full ability, which I don't think that's fair to even expect of him, uh, if he's not back, it's going to be tough for ASU to win those those three games. And starting one and three in your conference play is not a place they want to be in, especially if they do play well over their what would be their previous five games, uh, and only one of those being against a ranked opponent. After they've had that conference builder to lose three straight with or without Bagley would be... Just, just crushing, right? They would go on to play Utah, Colorado, Cal, Stanford. Essentially, those next four games, they don't play a ranked opponent again until they get three, <laughs> essentially against the same company against Arizona, SC, and UCLA. Same teams, just in a different order. So um, it's going to be very tough for them to win any of those six games against their ranked opponents. Now having to play against some other conference teams in between might be a little bit more of a benefit, but... We're going to find out what this ASU team's made of, right? With or without Bagley, their chances of winning without him significantly decrease. I almost don't care who their opponent is uh, in the Pac-12, whether they're ranked or not. The The point is, is, if you truly want to compete for an NCAA, I don't want to say title, but at least like an appearance, they have to be able to be competitive still in the Pac-12. So I think Rich and I had talked about this maybe on the Wednesday edition of the podcast, Wednesday or Thursday, but if we're already start, starting to talk about 
ASU having to go on runs to catch up. That's not a position that anyone wants to be in. Those things do happen, but they're extremely rare. So ASU has to look at what's in front of them, play these next couple games, and stay healthy. Ideally, they can win two out of the next three, going three and one on these non-conference games. Prior to playing USC, best case scenario, in my opinion, is you probably get Bagley back for USC. Maybe they get him a little bit before, and they get him on the court getting a acclimated to being back out there. Uh, that would definitely be beneficial. Again, maybe maybe just before that USC game, that could be good. But I, ideally, you at least have him back for the USC game, so you are giving yourself the best opportunity to win against some of the more difficult games you're going to play this season. So bigger picture, if ASU does not have Marcus Bagley for a majority of their games this year, they're not going anywhere, right? We've already kind of seen the, how that's played out so far. He's only played in three games this season, and since then they haven't fared very well. If they get him back, I'm not saying that they have a winning record. Their record could be a little bit closer to 500. That I feel confident saying. Um, How much more or how much higher would that have been if you've played the entire season? Yet to be seen. Definitely some bright spots in this ASU team so far, but a lot to work on. So we'll do our best to keep you guys updated on when Marcus Bagley is expected back. Uh, I know not just as uh, a fan, I'm sure he wants to get back out on the court, but would love to see him back out there uh, playing well for this team, pushing guys back like Kamani Lawrence as so, like the second best player on your team or some other guys who have stepped up. It's just going to be, it's going to be nice from a depth perspective as well. So stick with us. We're going to be talking about a potential head coach coming over to the Oregon Ducks, uh, a familiar face for some people who have been watching ASU football for a long time. And should we be concerned? You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. If you guys are like me, you've tried a ton of different types of protein bars. You might have even found one that you really like, but the sugar content is just way too high. But let me tell you about the best all-around protein bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That's going to be Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in chocolate. But amazingly... Here's the thing. It's low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's going to be delicious and healthy. No more having to choose. Now, what you do have to choose, though, is the the flavor. So you could have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or maybe even peanut butter brownie. So many delicious flavors to choose from. That's going to be the difficult part. Built Bar gives you an extra fuel that you're going to need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, do not bring up your favorite Built Bars at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavors. They'll fight over it and things get out of hand fast. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give you your beverage a bit of Built Bar flavor, plus you have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand as well. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe it that they're actually filled with protein. Here's the offer right now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. We're back with the Locked On Sun podcast discussing something that is, it's news, right? 
it's not necessarily good or bad news in my mind yet, but it's news. So Oregon's Mario Cristobal, their head coach, has now left the program as their head coach, take over the head coaching position at Oklahoma. But the first name that comes to mind, or at least I should say the number one name in terms of betting odds, the second that Mario Cristobal left, was Chip Kelly potentially heading to Oregon. Now, this is not a done deal. I'm not reporting this as news as it's going to happen, but it sounds like he is the number one choice as the, the odds on favorite. So a couple reasons why this is relevant. Chip Kelly coached at Oregon from 2009 to 2012, and I think he was, I think their OC for the two years before that. So maybe he's been with them since like 07, I think, uh, which he quickly left his head coaching position for the NFL. In his tenure as their head coach, he won three Pac-12 titles uh, with four BCS Bowl game appearances. He played in a national championship, losing to Auburn in 2011. So a, a lot of this makes sense. He's got a track record with Oregon. His ability to recruit has, it's, it's definitely there. So it makes it feel like it's such an easy hire. Couple hurdles to go through. They, in terms of right now, Oregon has only requested to speak to Chip Kelly about the potential position. Should he even want to leave? But currently at UCLA, he's 18 and 25. So since his hire in 2018, I don't remember how many games they played off the top of my head in 2020 with the COVID season. So essentially, he he's now in his fourth season or just finishing his fourth season as their head coach. Uh, but 1825, he's only made one bowl game appearance. So his tenure at UCLA has not been impressive. It has not been smooth. This last year was definitely their best year with uh, DTR at quarterback and uh, being eligible to play in a bowl game. Uh, what will more than likely be the Holiday Bowl if that hasn't already been announced? Uh, so the thing that Chip Kelly has to decide is, is Oregon going to be uh, a good move for him? It wouldn't be the first time that even in the Pac-12, someone's left uh, a Pac-12 school to take another position at a, uh, another team in conference. I think it was Steve Sarkeesian. I, I don't remember. It was earlier in the 2000s for sure. But I think he left Washington State for USC, if I remember correctly. So it, it's not like it's terribly unheard of. Um, for Chip Kelly, uh, again, like there's familiarity with the team. It is an entirely new coaching staff. It's going to be an entirely new set of kids. As college football goes, the, the turnover there is so much more frequent than it is in the NFL. So is that going to be enticing for him? In my opinion, yes. First of all, it gets you out of the South having to play uh, against USC and their newly hired head coach in Lincoln Riley. So now your main competition, in my opinion, it's not so much like you're running Right? If, if you have a better opportunity to coach at another school that just so happens to be in the opposite part of the conference, I, I don't think it's that crazy to, to want to go there. So you get away from USC, and if you have to compete with them, it's if they're on your schedule that season, and it's if you see them in the Pac-12 championship. If Chip Kelly does go to Oregon, I would think that these teams are going to be the, the heavy favorites to be their uh, North and South uh, champions, respectively. So we have seen other teams such as like Utah who won the Pac-12 outright. So we don't want to discount Utah. Uh, they're still going to be very much in the mix, especially with USC. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to build their program. And same thing for Chip Kelly at Oregon. It's going to take time for him to get his recruits in. Uh, generally, you talk about three years before a head coach actually gets his guys in, so to speak. But that doesn't mean Oregon's devoid of talent, right? They've lost Justin Herbert and they still played, still played very well this past season. So... They're, they're still losing guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, as well as uh, uh, some of their running backs as well. But Oregon has already recruited very well. If you get a recruiter back in the, the 
back onto their team, like a guy with Chip Kelly, it it spells a lot of what feels like doom and gloom for the Sun Devils, especially because it feels like we're heading in the opposite direction as a program. For other teams that are retooling at the head coaching position, mainly USC and Oregon, and with other teams like Utah being as successful as they have been uh, in the last several years, where does that leave ASU? Because it doesn't feel like they've even really had a shot at maybe even top three. And that's in the Pac-12, one of the weaker conferences in all of college football. So Herm Edwards, we know, is coming back to be the head coach this season. Is he going to be able to compete with Oregon? No. That's regardless of Chip Kelly even heading there or not. So a lot of things to talk about with ASU going forward, especially in the offseason. A lot of things happening right now with uh, players entering the transfer portal. And then we'll have signing day coming up uh, next year as well. So uh, a lot of things will change that maybe could change my opinion on this ASU team. But as far as Oregon goes, ASU does not need another powerhouse in this conference. And I, and I use that term powerhouse lightly, right? The Pac-12, for the most part, short of Oregon, has not really had a contender for uh, an actual top four playoff team in the nation, really outside of Oregon. So the, the fact that you're getting two of them potentially in USC with Lincoln Riley, it just it does make me feel good as a Sun Devil fan. But hey, what are your thoughts on uh, Chip Kelly potentially headed to Oregon? Is that a good thing in your mind? If he's 18-25 at UCLA, do you think he's overrated as a head coach and there's really nothing to worry about? Uh, definitely tweet at us on Twitter. You can either tweet at our uh, Locked on Sun Devils page. That's going to be at uh, LO underscore Sun Devils. You can also directly message Richie or I. We'd love to interact with you guys on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios, and you can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. But thank you so much for listening today, guys. Uh, remember, we have content that comes out Monday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day. They're going to be your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. But you keep it locked on here with the Locked On Sunables podcast.